All right. Um, the food cast forecast. <laughs> the one guaranteed to make you hungry. Um, so, David has discovered a comic named Chew. Yes. C-H-E-W. Um, about a gentleman who makes a living... Well, whenever he eats any food, he can tell things about the person who created it or ate or ate some of it or mm-hmm. He's a did things to it. Sibopath is the term they use in the comic. A what? Sibopath. C-I-B-O-P-A-T-H. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he makes a living as kind of a detective. He works for the Except FBA. for Beats. He, yeah, he doesn't... Oh, no, he eats Beats because Beats are so boring that they're the only substance that doesn't flood his mind with images. I love beets. They're delicious. Well, you know what that might say about you. <laughs> but, uh, so he's he was a cop, and then the FDA recruited him, and in this world, the FDA is the top law enforcement agency on the planet, because the bird flu swept through America, killed, you know, a bunch of people, and chickens were outlawed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a pretty great setup, and it's a pretty great comic. But uh, his name is Tony Chu, C-H-U, which, so the title is sort of a pun. Now that, yeah. that's you right away. <laughs> and it's all about him being sent on uh, cases by his boss, who doesn't like him very much, uh, <laughs> and hanging out with his partner, who was injured in the first issue and ended up getting, like, a half of a metal face, sort of like a Terminator, later on, so he's back on the force now. <laughs> but he's much more lax about following... Uh, federal law regarding foul but uh yeah he's a bootlegger yeah exactly and he's like addicted to eggs or something i think it's coming (laughs) up soon (laughs) but uh so i stupidly forgot to download the issues i bought on my ipad but uh that's working now so by the time you explain your book i will have visual aids awesome i read the particular sadness of lemon cake by amy bender and it is a novel that came out, I think, a couple of years ago now. Uh, it says 2010 was the publishing year? Yeah. And it is about a girl who, on her ninth birthday, suddenly gets a power where she can feel the emotions and understand a lot of other things about the person who prepared any food she eats and it's every single food Mm -hmm. um so on her ninth birthday her mother makes her lemon cake and she bites into it and suddenly realizes that her mother is i guess existentially sad (laughs) she doesn't understand what she wants to do with her life and she feels like terrified and lonely and frantic. That's a really good title in that case. Deeply unfulfilled. Yeah. Um, and this is like she is feeling the emotions of her mother at nine years old. So <laughs> that is like the worst birthday ever. Yeah. And she, um, so it's like not only does she not, can she not understand the emotions, but she doesn't have the capability of explaining what's happening to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, um, the novel is kind of about her growing up and coming to terms with what she can do. 
And what she does is she tries to eat as much processed food as possible. Because it's soulless, basically? Yeah, because mostly it's made on machines. That, that was like the most San Francisco thing I've ever said in my entire life, by the way. <laughs> It'll only get worse from here on in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's made by machines and it's harvested by machines. Everything about it is engineered, and so... Although she can taste hints of people, mm-hmm. they're so distant that it doesn't bother her too much. So is this... Is It's not an adventure novel, I take it, then. It's more of a uh, coming-of-age emotional journey sort of thing? Yes, there's that, and it's also her kind of coming to understand her family. Mm-hmm. A little bit being forced to, because when her brother, like... She the the first thing she does is she goes to her brother and his friend. They're both a little older and they're really into science. Mm-hmm. So because she's a kid and they're kids, they're a little more they understand a little more of what she's trying to say and they're not trying to be like she goes to the new scroll nurse and she's like, Food tastes bad, I can't eat it and the nurse says, Oh, she's anorexic, they're getting younger and younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And her mother like has no idea what's going on. So she goes to these these two kids and the brother's friend kind of tests her by having her eat everything in the fridge, just little pieces, mm-hmm. and figures out kind of what's going on with the food. And then she takes her brother's piece of toast and bites into it. And what she feels is like this incredible jealousy that he that she is getting all the attention from his friend and that's like his only friend mm-hmm. so she's like i'm sorry that i'm hogging his time and, his, and her brother's like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> so it's i'm not sure how much i want to spoil the book because it does have like later revelations mm-hmm. and it kind of turns out that her family most of her family kind of has weird abilities, but not like superhero abilities, just strange ones that kind of cripple them. Mm-hmm. Like her grandfather, whenever he smelled someone, could smell the despair and the feelings oh, of other people. Yeah. So he never walked out of the house without a strap over his nose. Mm-hmm. So are all the uh, family's powers like emotion based? No. Okay. Oh, hell. I'll spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And her brother starts behaving strangely, and it just gets... His behavior gets stranger and stranger, and she's trying to figure out what's going on with him, but he's so secretive Mm -hmm. that he doesn't say anything. And so it's just a lot of emotions going on that she doesn't understand. And she's is she nine throughout the entire book, or no? It goes till she's just a little over college age. Okay, is it young adults or like just straight up? It's for adults. Okay, it's not pitched to kids. Interesting, because it sounds almost like a story that would be, it wouldn't be out of place in the young adult section, you know? Yeah, because it is that it does have that coming of age aspect to it, yeah. but it's looked at through the eyes of an adult. So mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, my mother's sad. This is all about me or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to be, like, 
rude about that. It's just that for like books about young adults are from the young adult mindset of like this is my story of growing up and this is like a story of have having grown up Mm -hmm. and then looking back on that time and you know when you get to be an adult you look at the adults in your life after you as you were a child and being like and you realize something about them yeah so it's your perspective changes yeah yeah i uh this is a total sidebar but when i went home in uh may Mm -hmm. may june uh, it was one of it was probably the first time I was actually on the adult side of the family gathering instead of like the grandkid side. Yeah. That's usually how it's split up, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was so different and so much funnier. <laughs> like, like I, it's I finally got you know sort of I guess what it means to be an adult in that context. And that sounds similar, but like now I feel bad because yours is this serious uh, exploration of emotions and growing up. And mine is a comic where people lick frogs because licking psychedelic frogs is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, see, that is... I've finally done it. I finally had a, a podcast during which I am classier than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's like, hey, look at the text and this and how the... the um, letterist uses these letters to express emotion <laughs> and I'm like I like Superman I liked it when he punched that guy that was funny <laughs> it's uh Chu just had an issue issue 27 came out uh-huh. uh directly after issue 18 mm-hmm. it is a flash forward nine months in the future so the status quo is all different and everything's crazy <laughs> and it follows Tony's sister uh She's also named Tony with an I instead of a Y. Mm-hmm. And she flashes back to her time with NASA where she looked a frog. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a really funny, gross comic. Like, it's got this sense of humor that I really appreciate. But there's also, you know, a mystery and things like that. And at this point, like, there are aliens. Like, apparently nine months in the future are from the present day of the uh, comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, aliens make their presence known. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she's stoned on toads. Yeah. And <laughs> she sees one of the guys as a unicorn, and that is hilarious. See? <laughs> like, there's so much to like. The <laughs> other guy in a tutu. <laughs> so her brother was a cop. She went to NASA because she's, like su- she's one of the quirky super geniuses. Mm-hmm. And so now, now NASA is the top law enforcement agency in the country. So she's in a really good place while her brother's in the hospital after a mission we haven't seen yet. So it's like a really effective uh, tease for what's to come. Now, does she have lick? Uh, No, she can't. Like, when she licks a toad, it's just like regular toad licking. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I assume if Tony or her brother did it, then she would just straight up, he would die or something. I don't know. (laughs) But... I just licked the toad my sister licked. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny how their lives, even though they're completely different, like, you know, cop mm-hmm. and weird scientists, mm-hmm. uh, they line up in certain areas because her boss pretends like he hates her, but he actually has a super crush on her. <laughs> while her brother's boss hates Tony, but has a crush on Tony's partner. So he has to do <laughs> nice things anyway. <laughs> but it's a series that... Like, it started as this kind of, like, not even a procedural. It's more like, I've got some funny jokes I want to tell. 
and some gross things I want to show you. And it's just taken off into this really cool kind of mystery. Like, there's mm-hmm. been people who betrayed the FDA and went off on their own. Mm-hmm. And this guy actually, he took part of Tony's uh, ear with him. So, and the threat was at any point, like, I can taste this ear and know where you are and come and get you. So, don't come after me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there are other people? Yeah, there are do? other people who can do it. Ah. Uh, the villain can Tony's guy, partner do it? No. He just likes chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is making me crave chicken. Yeah, it's you get so hungry reading this series sometimes. But there's... I don't think Comixology is taking forever to download it, but there's a character called uh, Pollo, who... So Pollo in Spanish is chicken, but here it's spelled P-O-Y-O. And he wears a <sighs> so tiny... So many puns! Yeah, like you can see why I like it. <laughs> He wears a tiny uh, Mexican wrestler mask, and he's a chicken, is the thing. And he is the deadliest bird on the planet. To where... uh, (laughs) You can see where this is going. Like, Tony gets cornered on a mission, and, you know, this guy's a gun to his head, and it's like, blah, 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 I'm gonna kill you. And then Pollo's cage breaks open, and it's just bedlam and blood all over the place. (laughs) And to the point where there's apparently going to be either a one-shot or a miniseries next year called Secret Agent Pollo, starring <laughs> the chicken. <laughs> like, this, it's gross, but it's so delightful. Okay, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. I'm try- there's also, uh, there was a vampire guy. Like, Tony meets a vampire, and the guy's like, and it basically has more or less the same power. I think he can control things or something like that. It's been months since I read that issue. But, like, there's that, there's... Uh, so one guy clones toads because... Or clones frogs, rather, because frogs taste like chicken. And he runs a series of bootleg chicken uh, speakeasies, I guess. <laughs> it's... Well, it, okay, tiny piece of trivia that I have to break in. Yeah. Do you know that during, like, the late 18, early 1900s, everyone in England, like, loved raspberry jam? Why? I don't know. it was just good but it was really (laughs) expensive so people couldn't afford it so they sold knockoff raspberry jam made with rhubarb and sometimes made with sweetened turnips wow but it was so popular that you know how raspberry jam has those little seeds in it Mm -hmm. they actually had like a sweatshop industry of people making little fake raspberry jam seeds out of wood that's put in the most fake adorable jam. thing in the entire world <laughs> well except for the um sweatshop aspect well i just assume that like they're cute little oliver twist kids <laughs> <laughs> how does that make that less sad because they're cute <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works <laughs> And, um, like, one of the leading British suffragettes actually started her own jam company to protest the sweatshop conditions. (laughs) Being like, get my jam, it's the only jam that's produced humanely. (laughs) (laughs) The past was a very strange time. (laughs) It's, uh... Yeah, like, that's pretty much, like, that's the way I felt while you were telling me that story is how I feel when I read Chew. <laughs> Where it's just like, I can't believe this is happening, but it's so funny. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like this, because Tony has, I think it was in the book that I made you read forever ago. Uh, he meets yeah. a girl, and her ability is that 
if she writes a review of a dish, everyone who reads that review tastes exactly what it's or tastes the dish. Mm-hmm. It's I forget the name of that one, but so they're dating and they have this weird like he keeps having to run off to do his job and she's like you know hey stay but then she has to do her job mm-hmm. and they have all these strange like lovey-dovey moments where just the screen devolves into hearts and flowers and it's very cartoony which is I think why it works you can just tap left or right no it suddenly came up like a little pop-up came up oh it's the end of the issue <laughs> we're using comics can I stop on it? iPad yeah you can there should be an X there is, but I wanted to make sure that was what you wanted. That would delete everything and purchase it again, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're screwed. Yeah. Um, so, Tony Chu, he reads them and he can taste it, too? Like, that's how he discovers her. He's like, wow, that is delicious, and there are no annoying memories to go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> That nasty aftertaste. Yeah, pretty much. It seems to me that he should raise his own food. Uh, even then, he would he would get all the food's memories, like from him taking care of it. And the I mean, food's memories. That's pretty much how it works. It's everything that the food has experienced is what he experiences. <laughs> it's. I wish I could remember what issue there is. There's one issue where his boss is just really pissed at him, like Tony messes up or does something he wasn't supposed to. So his boss is like, hey, I need you to go solve this bank robbery. And Tony's like, bank robbery? Why would I go there? And the boss is like, ha ha, you'll understand when you get there. And there's poop in the middle of the bank vault. (laughs) It's clear, like, the boss is like, hey, guess what you have to eat? (laughs) But Tony's partner is like, oh, my goodness, this is ridiculous. Don't eat that. Let's go and solve this the old-fashioned cop's way. (laughs) It's just a series of dick moves and really funny psychedelic bits. Uh, there was <laughs> there was an issue they previewed at San Diego where uh, the bad guy Mason, who has a piece of Tony's ear, mm-hmm. eats uh, I think it's an alien plant, and it reveals like the secrets of the cosmos to him. <laughs> and it's just a series of double page spreads of him like freaking out in space on like tons of grids and like psychedelic energy. <laughs> Starenko should have drawn it. Yeah, it's totally like that. I mean, there's this, this, it's like a 32-panel grid or something insane like that. <laughs> but, yeah, like they find a Mastodon at one point. There's, uh... This cover is great. It's Reservoir Chogs. <laughs> and Chogs are chicken frogs, and it's a... <laughs> <laughs> the new one is uh, for Major League Chew. Do you remember the gum? Yeah, Big League Chew. No, there was also Major League Chew, I think. Settle this, Internet. (laughs) Yeah, let's see. Big League Chew. Huh, maybe you were right. Had those creepy caricatures on it. I could have sworn there was also Major League. Anyway. Well, uh, (laughs) I think it's still out there, so I'm guessing they... Couldn't call it Big League Chew. But so they did a uh, homage cover (laughs) where it's a gross dead guy who presumably Tony will have to chew. Yeah. It's as much about like the gross out stuff as it is actually the gross out stuff and the humor are basically the same thing. (laughs) So is your book funny? Like, will it make you feel bad when you finish it? Or. 
Um, it's definitely not funny. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you're nine years old and you realize that your mother is deeply unfulfilled. And then you're 11 years old and you realize your mother's happy, but only because she's having an affair. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. And you're, you know, it kind of, it, at the end, she kind of finds a way to get by in the world. Like, she finds one diner where the cooks are, like, really well-adjusted, and they really enjoy what they do. And she begins to see her way towards, um, like, how she wants to live her life with this mm-hmm. and understand her family. Like, I was under these incredible, incredible pressures when I was a kid because, like, she couldn't stop eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I understand what they were going through better and, and kind of works out a way that they're all kind of at peace with themselves. So, and I guess one of the major points is it starts off with her mother as the big enigmatic figure. Mm -hmm. And then when it, gets down to it her mother's like the simple one and everyone else in the family who seems so like nice and normal are the ones that are crazy (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's a good book and it's it's not long like you can read it in an afternoon so Mm -hmm. it's uh yeah chew even though like my first love for the series is all the gross out stuff and like tony eating frogs and and things like that there's also uh we meet his family Mm-hmm. Like, his brother Chow was in the first one. Uh, his twin but sister wait, Tony. Wait, his brother's name is Chow Chu? Yeah. I think, like, it might just be his TV name. Cause his brother's, like, a famous chef. Like, uh, uh. Iron Chef or whatever. Uh, Wikipedia. Here we go. Yeah, yep. He hosts a TV show, Chow Chu. Uh, but also, like, his sister has the same name as he does. His twin sister. Yeah. <laughs> But he also has uh, a daughter named Olive, which I thought was kind of funny that he named his daughter after a food. His daughter... uh, Tony Chu does. With like an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend or... Uh, I think an ex-girlfriend, they're estranged. Basically, his daughter lives with his parents. Mm. And like there's this whole like getting to know your dad aspect of the series that I like a lot because mm-hmm. as usual I'm a sucker for father issues and only realize <laughs> it after I begin talking about why I like things well everyone in comics is yeah like comics is one big daddy issues thing <laughs> There's Tony Stark Thor um though Thor's daddy issues aren't from the comics like technically that's from the myths yeah but they play it up <laughs> yeah um well, Batman, obviously. Yeah. Green Arrow. Um, who else? In there? N- Natalia Romanoff. If she's a Romanoff, she's got to have daddy issues. Natasha think, Romanoff. I don't think she's an actual Romanoff anymore. Um, they fix that. <laughs> but there's a... Uh, so my friend David Uzumeri finally got to interview Grant Morrison at San Diego mm-hmm. after years of doing like all the Batman annotations and things. So he was pretty excited. <laughs> But uh, I don't think the interview is up yet, but there's a bit where he asked Morrison about Martha Wayne. And Morrison, he's talking, he's like, you know, I don't write a lot about mothers. You know, I just realized this. Like, Animal Man, there was a mom, but she was, like, she was a play, major player. 
but not so much in the heroism side of things. And like he hasn't mentioned Martha Harley at all in his Batman, and he's like, you know, uh, my father passed away a while ago, and maybe that's why fathers keep cropping up. And I'm wondering if it's if that holds true for several other writers too. It's like they just haven't gotten to that point where they like they kind of want to make peace or explore the idea of motherhood. What's kind of funny is there are a lot of daughters, though. Like, there are a lot of sons in superhero comics, but there are a lot of daughters, I think, partially because people kind of respond to that emotional relationship. Well, yeah, it's the protective thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, hardcore thuggin' dads go soft when they get a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... I mean, there are, yeah, there are a lot of sons, but generally, when you have a hero, a lot of them are given daughters or young girls mm-hmm. as a daughter figure. Yeah, the- Wolverine's basically made a trade of it. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, like, he just needs to slow down. Because <laughs> now all of his former psychics are hanging out and talking, and uh, it's just weird. <laughs> Actually, uh, Jubilee and X-23 finally had their big meetup recently, and it was just as good as I was hoping, because <laughs> now Jubilee's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that series has been, uh, Marjorie Lewis writing it, and it's been really good. Like, a very pleasant surprise right. for, like, a terrible character. What else are you going to do Jubilee, with Jubilee? Her, her powers are sparkly hand powers. I I totally loved every <laughs> aspect of her until I realized, oh, Chinese fireworks. <laughs> like, now I see what Chris Claremont was doing in the 80s. <laughs> because for a while, like, all the X-Men, like, their power was somehow related to their nationality. So Banshee is an Irishman who can scream really loud. Like, the monsters. Jubilee's from China? Yeah. Well, she's... Uh, Chinese-American, but I think both of her parents immigrated. Mm. Wait. Okay, well, I only saw her in the TV show where she yeah. was... I think her parents were... She was adopted, in but they were, were white, yeah. yeah. I've seen all of that TV I don't think show. she was... I think they I think mentioned adopted. She was adopted, her. but she wasn't drawn... No, she wasn't like, at all. Okay. <laughs> Which, then oftentimes she wasn't even in the comics, like... Jim Lee is definitely Asian. Jubilee very rarely, like, looked Asian. Mm. But, yeah. It's the family thing in comics. It always... Like, I wonder how it would work out if you were to, like, really dig into and examine, like, what kind of issues are coming up. Mm-hmm. Just because there's so many people from a variety of backgrounds. I know they did a story about Martha... Once for Batman, where it was just, um, it was revealed that she was one, she went out and hunted pedophile rings. Really? Not, but like through their organization, so like through social contacts, she saw the potential. I think their line was she saw the potential for them to organize. Yeah. And tried to find. Man. Yeah. <laughs> she tried to find the rings and bring them to justice. And Alfred, for some reason, kept this from Bruce for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Until it became relevant. Until um, uh, Bruce came across a case of it and, and Alfred was like, oh, by the way. <laughs> and brought out all her old files. Yeah. But I think that's it. She doesn't... She doesn't get much to do. 
It's I I didn't realize how not empty, but I guess invisible is the best word for Martha Wayne until I was rereading All Star Batman to write about it, which I'm still not done with, by the way. <laughs> Just oh be- God! Yeah, no, I've you're got- reading tea leaves. There's nothing there. <laughs> but like Martha Wayne is seriously, she's almost a cipher like she's just the generic nurturing mother figure same with martha kent martha kent actually appears in comics yeah like she's but i mean she's alive and not dead so that makes sense like she has a personality beyond like oh i love my son so much and it's so nice to have a family and oh no there's a robber (laughs) (laughs) aunt may i think sometimes gets uh oh she's got death by this point like they've done so many like, what did she do? There was a good bit where she... Married uh, Dr. Octopus. I think she poisoned a villain yes, with, like, cookies. Yes, the chameleon. <laughs> that was pretty where she's good. she's like, have a cookie. They're almonds, but uh, I think <laughs> you can make, like, cyanide from them or yeah, something. it was, like, arsenic or, or something. Ar- yeah. Because arsenic... Actually, arsenic kills people really <laughs> fast, too. She's a resourceful old lady. I remember reading about a um, famous, like, murder case in Scotland where a woman poisoned her lover with like 69 grains of arsenic in dissolved in cocoa wow but only two would have done it <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's captain america's mom uh her entire personality is basically she got sick and died but he never even knew his dad i thought uh i think he did briefly maybe it's always like Whenever they talk about Captain America's, like, Brooklyn past, it's always, like, straight out of the Great Depression. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got crushes, and I'm so sick, and, like... Well, that would have made sense, because it yeah. was straight out of the Great <laughs> Depression. That was it, his childhood. Yeah. There's not a lot of room for uh, nuance and characterization whenever they flash back there. If he knew his dad at all, he would have been at least 18, 20. 18 yeah. to 20 when he signed up for the Army. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if his dad actually died in the war. I don't know if the movie added that or not. Okay. It's because there's been so little done with, like, the kid part of Captain America. Mm. But, yeah, it's interesting that both of our uh, food psychics Mm -hmm. deal with family in a major way, or at least feature family, and kind of working through family issues. But it's one of, I guess... food, nurturing, family provides it for you for the earliest parts of your life, at least. It makes sense. But it's a nice connection. All my family occasion are based around food. We like to eat. (laughs) (laughs) All the best ones definitely are. (laughs) But all right, so what was the name of yours? The Particular particular Sadness of Lemon Cake. And is it... Did you read it on Kindle or Amazon? I got it out of the library. Oh, my goodness. You see, there are these structures that are built within (laughs) the modern city. And they are vast ancient structures on yes. which ancient tomes of ri- wisdom are written. Oh, internet cafes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and none of them feature the word lull. Oh, that is a bonus. I <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can buy Chew from Amazon comic shops or Comixology, so you should read both of these probably. Mm-hmm. How's that for a stunning endorsement? <laughs>
o'clock and I'm still rocking. Four o'clock and I'm still rocking. Four, 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 four o'clock and I'm still rocking. No stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping. Four o'clock and I'm still rocking. Four o'clock and I'm still rocking. Four, 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 four o'clock and I'm still rocking. No stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping.